Hi, and welcome to the Voice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Matt Sobolski. Stay tuned for a quick message from our sponsor. For the last five episodes, I've been telling you about Suki, the AI-powered, voice-enabled digital assistant. They believe that using the term burnout is a form of victim blaming. They believe in a future where technology is assistive yet invisible. They believe in AI that helps doctors do their job and gets out of the way. They believe that doctors are real human beings and deserve to be treated as such. If you'd like a demo of their software or just want to learn more, please go to get.suki.ai. That's get.suki.ai to learn more. Hi, and welcome to the Voice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Matt Sobolski, founder of a company called Ionia Healthcare Consulting. I'm a behavioral scientist by training, have worked in healthcare my entire career, and devoted most of it to tech and finance. I'm joined today by my co-host, Dr. Reed McClellan. Reed, introduce yourself and tell them what you do here. Thanks, Matt. Hi, I'm Reed McClellan, the founder and CEO of Cortina Health, a healthcare technology company focused on restoring the care in healthcare and improving quality of life for patients and physicians. We are joined today. Thank you, Reed, by the way. Good to have you back. It's been a little while. Uh, COVID has kept us from our regular meetings, but we are really uh, fortunate to be joined today um, by Rushi Ganmuki. And he is the founder of a company called Bola.ai. And you're just going to be wowed during the conversation when we talk about the product, his ideas, his vision. Rushi, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about Bola and how you ended up in the position you were in. Perfect. Thank you so much, Matt and Reed. Uh, thanks for having me. Definitely a big pleasure, big honor to be here and talk to you guys on this podcast. Um, yeah, so my name is Rushi Ganmuki. I'm CEO of Bola AI. We are a voice AI assistant company, primarily right now for dentists. Um, and yeah, we're in the voice space, and I'd love to chat more about what we do and what's coming up on our uh, horizon. Great. Well, tell us more about the product and how you... Um developed it and what's your market you know who are you um providing a solution for and what is that solution sure thing so i'm going to take a step back uh and i'll kind of tell you our story because i think it's it's quite familiar to most people in this space since let's say 2016 really the dawn of the alexa and google home um, so my personal background is in ai machine learning specifically natural language processing actually um, and i was a research assistant in that area uh, during uh, 2014, 2015. And that was right around the time that deep learning was really taking off. Um, and at that time, really the, the biggest things that were happening out there were not in academia. They were coming out of Google Brain, DeepMind, uh, Facebook Fair Research. Um, they were coming out of the commercial sector. So I left, um, I always wanted, I always had the entrepreneurial spirit. I always wanted to start a company um, so dove, dove straight in, um, saw that really at that time, yeah, Google Home, Alexa taking off. They were at the, the peak of the, the hype cycle. I think Domino's came out with a, with a uh, skill on Alexa to allow people to order pizzas. And uh, Uber also came out with a skill for, to allow people to order Ubers. Um, tried both. I did get my pizza. I did not find my Uber. Um, but I think it, it speaks to the grander picture of what was going on at that time. And I think the, the, the mentality at that time, and uh, everyone had it, was let's take some old process, some old app, um, 
let's add voice to it. And voila, we have a new product. It's a voice-enabled Uber. Maybe people will order more. Maybe people will order uh, more pizza. But that was really the mentality there. Just add voice. Just add voice and you have a new product. Um, so we, we naturally started down that path. We started down uh, the consumer Alexa skill path. We actually had a skill out on the Alexa skill store. It was called BolaBot. It was our first uh, foray into this market. Uh, we did reach up to 10,000 users, uh, lifetime users, that was. And uh, at that point, we, we tried to look at our data. It was a, the skill was basically um, a search engine skill for Alexa. Um, so Alexa, if you ask a question like, what's Tom Cruise's birthday, it knows it because uh, it has a knowledge base and kind of captures that general, uh, or I guess this would be uh, trivia, information. Um, but now if you ask, where is uh, Dr. Reed's office, uh, it wouldn't know. It, wouldn't, it, does, it doesn't search the web just like you would. And what would you do? You would go on the web, click the first four links, and you'd kind of extract it. Um, so we built a system that would do that um, and kind of grab more of those what we called long tail queries for users. And the idea here was this would, this would hopefully tell us what the market is actually, what, can, what people are actually searching on Alexa and what, what they're really getting into. Um, so once we reached uh, a, a few thousand users, we looked at the data and uh, the data really didn't show us anything amazing at that point. There was no real groups or no way we could um, really uh, segment up those queries to find something that people were really using this for. Um, so yeah, so we took uh, another step back and we're like, okay, let's, let's forget about the consumer market right now. Uh, we know there's something great there. There is something great there. We just didn't find it. Um, so let's take a step back and think about where, uh, let's pivot a little to the, the B2B market and think about where voice assistants can actually help people. Um, and I mean, help in the, uh, the business sense of the word, um, provide value, save costs. So at the base level, um, nothing, nothing groundbreaking here. At the base level, it's people who work non-traditional jobs, who aren't entering data into the computer, or who aren't sitting at the computer all day, um, but who are on their feet, either going around or um, using their hands, uh, but not at their computer all day. And they have to do uh, a lot of data entry and data retrieval. Um, and this task is repetitive uh, to the point of mundane, where this part, of the, this part of their job is the worst part of their job, is interacting with the computer for these, let's say, 10 minutes to enter this data. Um, so that was the kind of top-level abstract case we made. And then we broke this down into a framework, uh, which we call clean hands, busy hands, dirty hands. Um, and these were the use cases for voice. So dirty hands is the automotive, it could be the automotive uh, um, mechanic. He's, uh, he's underneath the car, his hands are dirty, and he has to order around $12,000 worth of parts every month. Um, he, he speak, he, uh, right now the, the shops actually have somebody sitting there just to listen, just to order the parts for that person. So you could uh, extensively cut out that person and save the time and money. Um, so that was uh, dirty hands. Busy hands is salesman on the road. Um, running around, driving around, uh, just took a, a prospective sales uh, call, has to enter that data into their CRM over their mobile phone, 
but also needs to drive to their next destination. Hence, they're busy. And the clean hands, this is the sterile environments, any environment that you're gloved up in. So this could be dental offices, uh, medical, uh, operatory rooms, pharmaceutical research, um, any one of those situations in which you have to enter data. And yeah, we, we being in Boston and uh, because of our network, we, we looked uh, more into the clean hands market at first. And we found a lot of success, uh, success in the dental market as our first beachhead market. So um, in September, you were listed as a top disruptive company at Voice Launch. What you describe is fascinating, right? So what is it about the peers in this world of, of NLP, AI, voice, where they look at what you're doing and they say, this is disruptive? So, so one, I think uh, we chose, so that was basically how we chose the market. And uh, the market, I think, is also leads into a lot of the things we do with the product. Uh, we've chose a lot of the voice assistants out there are very general and they try to cover a lot of ground, uh, maybe more than is reasonable with today's current technology. Um, we focus really on our use case, which is the, uh, the perio examination over voice for dental staff. And that allows us to actually do a lot of cool things on the tech because we've narrowed it down. Um, so one, we have uh, inbuilt, uh, something inbuilt error detection, which allows our system to detect when it's not as confident as it would like to be and can actually prompt the users and say, hey, was it A or was it B? I had a little trouble there. And uh, the users love that because uh, they don't actually have to go back and check everything then. They know the two or three things they'll have to check afterwards. Um, additionally, we have on the kind of more technical side, we have we allow um, multiple commands to come in. So uh, imagine on a voice assistant right now, you say like, what's the weather? And you get back a response. Our system allows you to tether a lot of those commands together. Like what's the weather and who won the NFL opener on Thursday? Um, again, because of our domain, we can really um, play around and get a really seamless, uh, seamless user experience for the customer. And that's what they love. They don't need to know what a cool intent process we're, we're using. They don't need to know what cool AI model we're using. As long as it's as seamless as possible for them and as similar to their current flow, then they're happy. You know, uh, Rushi, on, on that note, though, uh, a lot of our listeners uh, are pretty techie. And so you don't need to dive deep into what AI uh, algorithms you guys are using, but I find a lot of times that AI is a buzzword. Uh, natural language processing, natural language understanding is a buzzword. And really, you're just using an Alexa skill that Amazon's created some, quote, AI, but a lot of companies aren't doing anything more. How do you, uh, how do you guys create your AI? And what makes you different than just a, a normal Alexa skill? So I guess, yeah, this is really the question for any, uh, I guess, starting up voice company is what, what do you build and what do you not build? What do you take? Um, and I think at this point, really, the, the language understanding, the natural language understanding, the intent processing, and the speech recognition is almost commoditized. Um, now, we, we uh, have tuned a lot of that for our specific market and specific vocab and um, you wouldn't believe the amount of dental terms I know nowadays. It's, 
It's mind blowing. Never in my life would I have guessed how many dental terms I know. Um, so uh, that's the kind of commoditized part of it. And then the other part is the stuff on top that we can really, and this is where you can shine. Um, so one, we're, we're, not, we're not on any device like Alexa or Google Home. Uh, it comes with a lot of restrictions of speaking time windows, timeouts, those type of things, which uh, users just don't want to deal with that. If it closes, they have to say Alexa, open Bola and then start again. They, they just don't want to deal with that. So we have uh, a simple microphone. It plugs into our system. It's, it's, all, uh, it's all streaming through the cloud. Um, and yeah, a lot of the things we built on top were exactly what I mentioned before. It's the, that error detection. It's telling the users when, you're, when it's uncomfortable, when um, it's the, actually the, even the onboarding and support systems. You look at a voice product. How how do you onboard somebody? How do you how do you give them support? Where where's the support? Where's the help button? Uh, it's it's a catch twenty two. If you you don't know you can't get help if you don't know how to ask for help. It's a, it creates this whole catch twenty two in feedback loop. So a lot of it's really focused on making that user experience seamless. Um, again, with the 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 uh, the pausing, the streaming, we we stream everything in live. We don't wait for pauses or anything. Because uh, users get uncomfortable. If there's a little bit of a, an internet lag that day, they don't know whether um, it's, it actually heard you or if it's processing or what happened there. So we stream everything in real time so that they see it as it comes. And they have that comfort that it's actually listening. So that's very interesting. Um, so Bola has its own application, all cloud-based. You simply plug in a microphone and... Uh, the dentist or dental assistant is speaking into the microphone as they're doing their dental exam. Does this information then get integrated into uh, the electronic health record or how exactly do dental practices move that into the patient's record? Yes, great question. Um, So most people don't realize it, but I think one of the probably biggest killers of early stage uh, maybe not healthcare, but dental specific companies is no integration into the electronic health record. Um, they, a lot of, I know Epic nowadays is App Orchard and all the big medical EHRs have some version of this. Uh, but in the dental domain, I'd say they're maybe five years behind. This isn't available. Um, so we've actually created a system that's also AI based that can write directly into the electronic health records. And we found that this is a necessity. For any for any buyer that they they want this in their in their uh, health record, otherwise it's a it's a non-starter. Um, so I always say the the two real pillars or fundamental pillars of our company are one just the accuracy that's the speech accuracy and tense parsing, all of that stuff, and then two is the integration. Uh, you get those two things right, you can listen to somebody, hear their numbers right, hear their uh, phrases right, and put it into the EHR. Everything else is secondary. When I'm, let's say I'm a dentist and I, I'm going to use your product (laughs) and it's the end of the day. Why is my day better? So, (laughs) so your day is better because, um, so say you've, you've gone through, you have, let's say nine to five, a typical uh, dental day. You have eight patient exams. Now uh, about 15 to 20 minutes of those, of each of those exams is a perio charting. And let's say the time before was 15 to 20 minutes of finding an assistant to actually record this for you, gloving, degloving, all of that. 
the time with bola is actually much less. We're, we're showing almost three to seven minutes to conduct this perio exam. Uh, you walk into the room, you say bola start, you do the examination, you call out all the values as you're going it, you say bola stop and you're done. And what that actually allows you to do is, yeah, it frees you up 13 minutes, so what? Uh, the so what is you can actually, the, these examinations are so crammed and they're, they're so pushed to keep these, uh, to, so, to get so many clients or patients in the door every day. This gives them that extra 13 minutes to actually talk to the patient about what's going on in their mouth. Uh, explain to them what, what's happening with their perio exam, what these numbers mean, what these value means, and why they should do a certain treatment plan. Um, and I think it's the same thing in healthcare. It's higher patient education leads to higher treatment plan acceptance. Uh, the patients are healthier and happier at the end of the day, and that's why dentists do it. They are patient-focused. So I think Reed and I would both agree with you that that time saving for more healing FaceTime, touch time really matters. I mean, Reed and I have been in some interesting conversations countrywide at various medical centers and with various faculties of medicine, cardiology being one of the more prominent ones we had conversations with. And this concept of reducing time in the procedure was not about, you know, going to play golf. It was really more about like, what else can I do? as far as like my energy levels, as well as connecting to the patients who are in need. So exactly. I don't think anyone listening, Nora Reed and I would disagree that there's a massive benefit there. Oh, ab ab um, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, this might be a little boring pivot, but what about when it comes to documentation? What about when it comes to, I mean, the name of the game here is insurance submission, right? After the end of the yes. day, like you talk about precision, you talk about speed, talk about accuracy. I mean, the EMR was sold as a throughput machine, and uh, that obviously went away really quickly when everyone realized that it was sold as a throughput machine, but what it really was was an accuracy of billing machine mm -hmm. to get started. Yep. So talk about that a little bit from your product, right? So there is definitely like this, I can connect to you as provider to patient, but really we're just connecting human to human because I have a voice-enabled tool and I'm not in a screen. Mm -hmm. What does it come to the business bottom line? Where yeah. is the argument and the sale there? And I know you get, you're like jumping out of your seats. I know you're excited about this one. So go after it. Tell me. Yes, yeah, so this is the interesting thing. And I think ever, we've seen it across the board in different uh, health domains is uh, a patient comes in and look, it's, it's crammed. That one hour, that 60 minutes is cramped. And look, the dentist does some things. The hygienist does some things. The dental assistant does some things. And then they need to spend some time at the front desk. So there's a lot of players and very little time, um, meaning that the things that are low on the priority list get dropped first and get dropped often. And that would be things like the periodontal exam. It's, it's a gum health examination. Uh, most people don't even know that they get a gum health examination. They just think they have a cavity and that's like it. Um, so these things get dropped quickly uh, and either dropped as in they won't do the periodontal exam or second, they'll they'll half uh, half do it. They'll um, they'll just run through a few of the va values that can say that they're done. Um, and so we've seen a lot of offices that do that. That they don't do it for every patient. They only do it for the patients that they really need it for. Um, so this really tool allows them to do it for every patient, and that allows them to really prove on the insurance side why this treatment was needed. That's wonderful that first you give the doctor back something that is so precious, which is time. 
and we understand that you're being able to do that through dictations. Can the doctor also command his Ebola uh, app to do actual procedures on the EHR, or is it only dictations? Yes. So uh, as of right now, it's only that dictation into perio charting. Uh, on the roadmap for later this year, early 2021, is uh, tooth charting, which is the, the hard tissue charting, when they actually measure the cavities and um, the actual things that need to be done in your mouth. And that kind of gets us into our vision. And the vision of the product is really to be able to add these flows on top of the EHR um, that aren't present already. So imagine a new patient coming in, they check in at the front desk, um, and then they're taken with the uh, x-ray technician to the x-ray room. So the x-ray technician walks in, walks in says, bola start, new patient exam. Uh, she speaks whenever they need to take the x-ray, leaves. Then the hygienist comes in, says, bola start, perio examination. She comes in, she does all the perio charting in that three to seven minutes, bola stop, leaves. Dentist comes in, same thing, except with the tooth charting. And at the end of all of this, Bola spits out a treatment plan. And they take the treatment plan, they go either with the hygienist, the doctor, or the front desk, and they can walk through it with the patient and the patient can go. That's the end-to-end -end really seamless vision of uh, just walk in, start, do the chart, leave. Absolutely, that's every uh, healthcare provider's dream. Um, I was reading actually, because we let's be honest, we live in a current COVID world, and even in this post-COVID world, there's a lot of unknowns we still don't know. And interestingly, I was reading uh, that dentistry is one of the highest risk occupations for the post-COVID world. Can you talk a little about why that is and how BOLA may uh, assist uh, the dental community? Yes. Um, so dentists, yes, they are one of the, it's one of the most dangerous professions now with COVID, uh, because the patient is sitting there with their mouth open. So if they have it, you're going to get it. There's no two ways about it. Um, you're not six feet away from them. You're right. You're right in the epicenter of that person's COVID. You're going to get it. Um, so actually because of that, uh, and a few other things, we've actually seen a very big pull. Uh, from the market for our product recently, uh, since May or June with all the reopenings. Um, so number one, it's been really hard for dentists to, to bring back staff um, because of this danger level that the hygienist, dental assistants are fearful to come back to work or fearful to come back all five days a week or six days a week because of this increased risk. And then it's, it's a significant increased risk to their job. Uh, where there was no risk before, and this was a very low-risk job before, now it's become an extremely dangerous job. Um, so yeah, our assistant allows them to have one fewer person uh, needed for these chartings. Then uh, with the patients, the patients are also uncomfortable if there's two or three people running around the operatory while they're having their uh, examination. They want to have the contact with the fewest people possible. Um, so again, our product allows uh, one person, just one person needed in the operatory for the exam. And then the third one, which is um, interesting, is because of uh, COVID and just supply chain shortages and um, everything that's going on, uh, the, uh, the cost of the personal protective equipment, the, the PPE has actually gone through the roof. Um, and during these examinations, uh, the American Dental Association uh, dictates that you should 
change your gloves every time you touch the computer, um, change your mask and gown every time you do this examination. Now, with our product, there's no need to touch the computer, and there's no need for doubling that with an extra person in the room. So actually, uh, just after one month on the ROI from PPE savings, actually, you'd make, you'd come into positive ROI with Bola AI. So it's become a, a known, uh, a, uh, no, sorry, a no-brainer purchase for dentists. Wow. So it's basically free for the dentist to use because of the savings on PPE alone. Yes, after month one. Wow, that is that's really impressive. Um, we'll be sure to highlight that. <laughs> I think when we do a write up for you. So, um, really impressive time with you today. Uh, you've got a product that's entering. You know, most people are are talking about AI and machine learning in traditional you know medical practices. You're not hearing a lot about it in the dental world. You all seem to be way out in front. You seem to be a wonderful steward of the product. Uh, and the message you're trying to get out there. Rushi, uh, I know I speak on behalf of Reed and the Voice of Healthcare. We're wishing you guys the absolute best out there in the market and growth. Look forward to hearing the Bola.ai name for years to come. Thank you so much for having me. Hope to, hope to catch up with you guys soon once this is all over. You got it. This has been the Voice of Healthcare podcast. We'll see you next time.